just do things right the first time. Don't go cheap. You don't have to get the most expensive guy. And I learned this myself from being a real estate investor and it came back to bite me in the butt, but don't go cheap, do things correctly, and you'll have less headaches down the road. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, today's host. And today we are speaking with Peter Tverdov. Peter, how are you doing today? Good, Theo. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. And thanks for joining us. A little bit about Peter. He's the founder and CEO of Tverdov Housing. He has six years of real estate investing experience. He's based in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And you can say hi to him at tvdhousing.com. Peter, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. So I worked on Wall Street for 11 years. And in the middle of that, got into real estate investing. And as soon as I got a taste of it, I absolutely loved it, like a lot of real estate investors out there. 
And I liked it so much that I began trying to come up with multiple income streams in addition to the passive investing that real estate offers. So basically, long story short, I started doing property management for people on the side in my neighborhood. I didn't really think anything of it and grew it very slowly, deliberately on purpose. And as I did that, when you think about it, it kind of speeds up the experience you get as a a landlord or a real estate investor because you deal with so many different houses and so many different tenants and situations. And long story short, earlier in 2020, I left my job on Wall Street to run that business full time. And it's absolutely exploded from that point. And I'm very happy with the decision that I made. So your full-time job now is running the property management company. And then you also mentioned that you passively invest in deals. So are you saying you passively invest in other people's deals or you consider the deals that you buy passively investing? I should probably clarify. So when people think of passive investing, it's investing in other people's deals, being in a hard money lender, or just owning your own property. I happen to own my own real estate investments. And in addition to that, that's when I also created the property management business for other people. So that's what I meant by creating a, another stream of income. Got it. So what type of properties do you own and manage? Realized early on that the riches are in the niches. So it kind of took me a while to figure out what I wanted to do on the management side. So for management, we strictly manage single family, two to four family, small apartment buildings, probably no more than 25, 30 units. And we only do that in three counties in central New Jersey. So it's Middlesex, Somerset, and Union County. And I know it might sound very niche, actually, for an audience from a larger state, but between those three counties, there's about 3 million people. So uh, a lot of tenants to find, a lot of clients to make happy. So Mm -hmm. that's what we do on the management side. For my own personal investing, and this is how I started, everything I invest in is student rentals, because that's really all that I knew from a real estate investing perspective. But that stuff is still single family, two to four family. So it kind of fits in with uh, what we do for, on the management side as well. And then how many doors do you manage and how many student rental doors do you own? I own 10 doors. It's all students. And those doors are included in the management business. The management business uh, right now, we're at about 110 doors and hoping to hit 120 to 150 by the end of the year. We've grown nicely. You know, I'm looking to continue to do that. What types of things do you do to grow your management company when you're first starting out? So I know you mentioned that you started off by managing properties of people in your neighborhood. So maybe walk us through specifically what you did to get those properties under management, and then we can go on the next steps from there. One of the first things I would say is it helps to live in an actual rental neighborhood. So a lot of investors I come across, they make the mistake of buying a townhouse, for example, and they don't want to sell it and they move out of state and they want to rent it and they barely cash flow on it. That was never meant to be a rental to begin with. So the neighborhood that I bought in, it was all multifamily. It was two families, three families, four families, and some single families. So the zoning in that town was already encouraging rental properties. And because of that, there was just for rent signs everywhere. And after a while, I would just go up and down the streets and cold call people and say, hey, I saw your sign's been for rent for a while now. I live in town. I do a really good job. I could do X, Y, Z for you. Let me help you out. What do you got to lose? And slowly I built up my client base that way. Just good old fashioned cold calling. Didn't cost me anything out of pocket either. Is that how you found the majority of those 110 doors? Or is that just what you were doing at first? That's what I did to start out. 
frankly, I didn't really spend money on advertising until this year. I do have to give my brother-in-law credit. Last summer, he mentioned digital media marketing to me, and I really took to it. And that's where I got more active on Instagram. I started to use an SEO company to kind of help with my SEO on my website and get my ranking to be increased on Google and on Bing and search engines like that. So that has certainly helped a lot. And then we do a little postcard marketing. So we use a lot of the same theories that people use when they're trying to find deals, like the yellow letters, cold calling. It's just, we also do that for property management because no one else is really doing that. And oftentimes I wind up having decent conversations with these folks and they kind of remember my name and I check in on them periodically. And and some clients, I've been speaking with them for two years and they finally reach out to me and they say, hey, Pete, let's do it. So it's something that's taken a while. But the way I always think of it is that I'm planting lots of seeds. So the seeds that I'm planting today, I hope they result in a crop six months from now, a year from now. So in my mind, it's always important to continue to plant seeds every day if you want to find clients, find deals, or really find anything of value. What types of things are you doing on Instagram? I'm kind of open kimono. I try to make it interesting for the audience. So I'll do before and after pictures of rental rehabs that we do. I'll do before and after pictures of my own property if we're working on it. I'll do instructional videos for tenants on how to read a gas meter, what to do if your power goes off how to turn off the main water shutoff, or I'll show architect drawings. I'll show uh, site plans, really anything that's involving my business to kind of engage the audience and also educate them. And I've really taken a liking to it because again, that's another thing that's free when it comes to marketing and it's helped my business become pretty well known in New Brunswick. And I look forward to continuing to do that to help that grow even more. Is there a specific strategy you implement? I don't Instagram a lot, but I know that there's hashtags and stuff. So do you hashtag the specific areas you're in to make sure you're targeting that area? Yes. Some of the staples are you have to post at certain times. And I guess that varies based on your industry. The hashtags are very important. I would say the most important thing is the photo. It has to be engaging. It has to be interesting. And that gets harder and harder. And frankly, it's really time consuming. And a lot of the bigger people on social media, I'd say they probably have a VA doing that for them. I'm not there yet. I don't really think I'll be there for a while, which is fine. That's not why I do it is to have 50 or 100,000 followers. But for somebody just starting out, I would suggest using lots of hashtags and posting at critical times during the day. So like first thing in the morning or when people are getting off work, a lunch break, that's when people tend to look at Instagram the most, myself included. What are some of the biggest management mistakes that you've either done or that you see other people doing that anyone who's wanting to start their own property management company should avoid? I'm going to answer the question a little differently. I would say the biggest management mistake anybody makes, and it's usually a mom and pop landlord, is they just don't know how much it costs to run a rental property correctly. So I'll give a couple of examples. I have a client who likes to use a local electric and gas company's warranty contract. So if the tenant has an issue, that company will come out and they'll basically put paper clips and band-aids on the problem. So it doesn't really solve the problem. And then when it becomes a massive problem, they kind of throw their hands up and say, hey, this is not our issue to solve. What people don't realize about property management, so let's say you hire a handyman and the guy's done work for you before and he's really cheap and he gets the job done. So when we bring on a new client, the person will say, hey, can I use my handyman? I'll tell them no. 
if you want us to use them, then they need to be onboarded properly. Have you gotten a, a criminal background check on your handyman? Because we have to do that with ours because there's stories of people pulling a knife on somebody in a house. Or in one town, there was a guy who was a handyman. He was in prison for a decade. Oops, didn't know that, right? So things like that, your typical mom and pop landlord don't think about, or things as simple as fire safety inspections. Part of what we do is we do quarterly inspections. And the reason why we do is we check the smoke detectors. We check the carbon monoxide. We make sure the fire extinguishers are full. So each year, or I shouldn't say each year, but the regulations on that stuff always change and you kind of have to be on top of it. And if you're not, and if you don't have the 10-year smoke detectors in your house, or if you haven't gotten a fire safety inspection, you could have a major fine if there's a fire or, you know, God forbid, something worse. So there's a lot of attention to detail when it comes to property management that your average client doesn't fully understand. But the good thing with my business is I'm also a real estate investor, so I get it. This is not a charity. You do this to make money and to create passive income for yourself. But at the same time, you just have to do it correctly. You have to spend the proper amount of money. And frankly, you have to buy at a good enough price where you're not running the business on a shoestring budget because that's just not going to work in the end. What is your best either real estate investing advice or property management advice ever? The best real estate investing piece of advice I would give to people is don't invest in a market that you don't know. If you want to be a real estate investor, start at your hometown or start where you live now and study the holy hell out of that area. That's what I did. And I only personally invest in one market. And maybe that'll change. But what I did is I basically wrote down every home sale for two years and what the rents were and what the price sold for. And obviously, there's some variables based on the condition of the house. But based off of that, I knew what investors considered value in that town. And that's going to vary. Value is different in New York, Detroit, Memphis, Atlanta. But if you're investing in Memphis, thinking that it's the same value as in New York, you're going to get smoked on a deal. And conversely, when you see a deal, you're going to know it's a deal because it's going to be lower than what the average home prices are or the cap rates are. So that's something I always tell people when they're first starting out. And on the management side, I would say just do things right the first time. Don't go cheap. You don't have to get the most expensive guy. And I learned this myself from being a real estate investor and it came back to bite me in the butt, but don't go cheap, do things correctly, and you'll have less headaches down the road. Perfect. They ready for the best ever lightning round? <laughs> sure. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O.com. Okay, Peter, what is the best ever book you've recently read? One of my favorites that I like to recommend to people is called How Rich People Think. And it basically explains the difference between people who are multimillionaires and people who are not. And Really, the answer is right smack in front of you. And it's just a book that I love. I've given that one to my younger brother to read. I gave it to him like two years ago. I'm still waiting for him to finish up here. So hopefully if he got this far in the podcast, it'll give him some motivation to finish. But it's honestly a fantastic book. I would recommend that to anybody. 
If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Fight. Fall down six times, get up seven. Right? Honestly, I would... <laughs> I'd probably make some calls in the investment banking world where I used to work and see if I can make something happen there. But I've always been a fighter and someone who just scratches and claws and just refuses to lose. And I don't think that'll ever change. What is the best ever way you like to give back? I played football at Rutgers for four years. And when I played, we went to four straight bowl games. We're AP top 25, 17 weeks in a row. My senior year, we knocked out eight starting quarterbacks. The last game I ever played was actually against Russell Wilson, and the dude was so fast I had a cough for two weeks after the game. It was nuts. <laughs> but we knocked his ass out too, actually, when we won the game. That's when he played for NC State. But anyway, I probably donate way too much time and money to Rutgers Athletics and, and the football program and gymnastics because of my wife, who was a gymnast there. But I love the place. I, I love dealing with student-athletes. I think they're some of the best people you could hire. They're tough. They're coachable. They know how to work with different people. So it's something I just really enjoy doing. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? The easiest way to reach me is on Instagram. My Instagram is Tavertov Housing. And besides that, you can reach me on our website. Just use a contact form. I'm happy to help investors or potential clients. That's why I started my business was to help people either on the brokerage side, on the management side, and we've also started to get into a little construction management as well. So at the end of the day, if someone's interested in real estate and interested in having somebody guide them, then I'm more than happy to help. Well, Peter, thanks again for joining us today and walking us through how you started and grew your property management company. A few of the big takeaways for me is one, you talked about your strategy to start a property management company. And number one was it's important to live in a rental friendly neighborhood. And so you talked about a good indication of that would be seeing for rent signs everywhere. So you basically went up and down the street and cold called the for rent signs to get your business going. You mentioned it was a free strategy. So anyone out there wants to start a management company, that's definitely a free way to do that. And then you mentioned how you're transitioning now into paid advertising, digital media marketing. And we talked about what you're doing on Instagram, uh, types of things you're posting, how hashtags are important, posting at the right time's important, the photo's important, making sure it's engaging and interesting. We also talked about the fact that you're basically doing the things that investors do to find deals, but you're doing it as a management company and not a lot of people are doing that. So there's not a lot of competition, whereas there's a lot of competition for those using those strategies for actually finding deals. We talked about some of the biggest management mistakes, which is not understanding how much it costs to run a company rather than solving problems. People just put band-aids on them, letting clients use their own people without the proper management company screening them properly. And then you mentioned not doing quarterly inspections. And then your best ever advice, which was for investing, invest in a market that you know very well that you live in and study the area. You mentioned how for two years you wrote down all the sales, how much they sold for the rents. And on the management side, you said, do things right the first time. So again, anyone who's listening that wants to start a management company, we've got all the tools right here. Peter gave you his Instagram information and said he likes helping people. So definitely take advantage of that. So thank you for that, Peter. Thanks again for joining us. Best of your listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow.